Do you see Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger dear. went to the gym and then he saw that people weren't wearing masks and he said, I'm out of here. Gold's gym, yeah. Let me know when you get your masks on. Why does you he, jerks. He just, doesn't he just own his own gym at this point? He goes to Gold's, baby. Gold's he bikes gym. there. He bikes down to Gold's gym. He's done it's, it for years, decades even. So I mean, this is the Mecca. I, yeah, I know, but he should have like one in his own, in like his backyard. No, he has llamas right. there. He keeps llamas oh. in his backyard. That's his thing. He has lots of farm animals. I don't think he has a gym there. He has he has to be so wealthy. Mm-hmm. And then for him just to be like, I hey, I need to go. Like, I understand the the want to go bike to the gym. I would rather go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. But yep. for him to go in this, I don't know. It's whatever. Well, he didn't say. So take solace in knowing that he got he got the F out of A. I feel like he he's did. trying to I feel like he's trying to say something. He is. I mean, he's been very vocal about it from the very beginning, yeah. which is why he's one of the biggest movie stars on the planet and over uh, always will be. This is a show about movies. He's our co-star. He's our co-star, special guest Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh, no, we just found out that he failed to record his audio and video. Oh. And thus, we lost all of that. That's a shame. <laughs> That's too bad. What are we talking about today, though? Uh, hey, Elise. <laughs> James. Welcome to Filmhouse. Thanks for having me. We had a couple weeks off, and then we had a special episode with uh, Alana, Jacob, and Anthony Carboni. And uh, now, we're back, now, we're, but now we're back talking about the latest and greatest in movie news. My guests this week are Adam Kovic and Elise Willems. Thanks for having Hello. us. Hello. You had you. no other always, choice. It's not about having you. Did I? Yeah, do no. you remember me asking? Love to be on the show. I didn't ask. Love to be on the show. Do you remember me asking about it? Love to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't have a choice. You're on the show. Um, no, and uh, also just a heads up, our sponsors this week are Quip and Manscaped. You're going to hear from more from them a little bit later on in the show. Um, so <laughs> this is something we've been dealing with for a while. There's not a lot of movie news. There's no. not a ton of movie news. Movies aren't coming out. There aren't things happening um, we have to dive to the well for evergreen topics. Well, see, so yeah, it's part of its evergreen topics, but also just kind of like it's a discussion about the industry as a whole. Um, I would say a shining beacon of our potential is we can't we settle on the perfect film. But this week we do actually have some news stories that I wanted to run by you guys to try and get your thoughts. Um, the first one is that the Oscars have been delayed. Don't click away. (laughs) We're going to have a funny discussion about this. I don't really care about the Oscars at all. I will watch it with friends as like kind of a social hangout thing. Have a bit of a laugh. Have a laugh or whatever. Um, But we're, we're only kind of barely talking about that. But I just think it's an interesting thing given the state of things. No movies come out in theaters for the last two months. Something like that. Everything's the hunt. The hunt was the last movie to come out. Yeah. Um, Invisible Man. But but basically, uh, this is from The Verge. For over a century, movies have played an important role in comforting, inspiring, and entertaining us. During the darkest of times, Academy President David Rubin and Academy CEO Don Hudson said in a press release, they certainly have this year. Our hope in extending the eligibility period and our awards date is to provide the flexibility filmmakers need to finish and release their films without being penalized for something beyond anyone's control. There's a couple things I really like about this statement and a couple things I really hate. Things that I like about it, that people who just kind of work tangentially to film can talk so highly about it. <laughs> like, talk about how important it is when they essentially run a museum. Um, but... Uh, but then the things that I don't like about it are they say that they're extending the eligibility to make it so f- more filmmakers can be involved in this whole process. But we all know the true reason. You know the true reason, Lise. What do you think it is? Does it have any- anything to do with the picture of a shocked Sonic the Hedgehog you have in your document here? This is all one massive conspiracy to prevent <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog from getting the accolades that it so rightly deserves. Because everyone knows Sonic has been the biggest movie of 2020. There's no other choice. Well, we don't know that, but in this particular case, if you look at the stats, it'll show you it is. And so this is the Academy 
twiddling their thumbs, twisting their witch fingers around one another to try and prevent Sonic right, from getting the best picture award. You're joking. You're joking and being facetious. But honestly, if they gave Jim Carrey an award uh, supporting actor for his performance in Sonic and considered it sort of a lifetime mm-hmm. achievement thing, I would not be upset. I would absolutely not yeah. be upset. Sure. You wouldn't be upset. If that's Jim what it Car- took to get Jim Carrey an accolade. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Really? Jim not Carrey's Man on the Moon or as a Man on the Moon. Truman Show. Any of those <laughs> he, things where he, he tried a, hard? He got a Golden Globe for Man on the Moon. Is that correct? He got a Golden uh, Moon. Maybe a Razzie. No, I don't <laughs> think he got a Razzie. I think his performance was pretty great. Um, that, no, I that's just what you think though. I guess I, I'm sort of confused about this because. Okay. Eligibility, like, couldn't these awards just be nominated the following year? Could these movies be nominated the following well, year? Well, that's what they're saying. They're worried that if they had an Academy Awards with the movies that... That's are, your are conspiracy good. theory. It's not. I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory. There's less movies, right? Sure. And, and a lot of the biggest movies have been pushed already to release dates that will be more favorable for them in a business sense, which is 2021. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, theoretically, you could just say, all right, well, this year's going to suck and then and then move on. Yeah. But I think the idea Mulligan. is the idea is and this is kind of what goes back to it is it's the industry built around the industry. So they're like those little bugs that suckle onto the side of large fish <laughs> underwater. And they're like, oh, damn, if we go if we move forward with this show, it's really going to suck because. Nothing. There's going to be not. It's going to be the well, hunt versus invisible no, man. Uh, so one thing, one thing they have done at least uh, for the interim or, or time, uh, the immediate future is they've lifted the restriction that a theater needs or that a movie needs to be shown in a theater to mm-hmm. qualify. Yeah. So that means mm-hmm. that digital releases do qualify. So like for example, the Spike Lee movie that just came out mm-hmm. could be considered. Yeah, yeah. A, a contender for this. Yeah. There are other movies that are coming out on digital that could be considered contenders mm-hmm. which is, is funny because in 2020 that's already such an archaic yeah thing anyway like netflix has been winning so many of these awards amazon and-, mm-hmm. and they've been doing it for several years now but they just because they have to have to mm-hmm. put it in a theater yeah. somewhere in in uh west hollywood or silver lake or something in some sort of small 16 person theater so that way they can qualify as being in a movie um Adam, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I personally, I think we just pretend 2020 didn't happen and we go, we'll, we'll try next year. We'll try it again. Mm-hmm. We're sorry. Mulligan. Try it again. Mm-hmm. But the other part of me really wants to see an Academy Awards where Hunt goes up against Invisible Man mm-hmm. and Sonic the Hedgehog. Me too. And that's it. Like, I, I actually kind of want to see that where everyone has to dress up in tuxedos mm-hmm. and face masks and all sit in one room trying mm-hmm. not to kill each other with their uh, with diseases and they have to clap for when <laughs> Sonic wins for best uh, original soundtrack mm-hmm. and uh, who is the rapper who, who did the song at the end? You oh, know I don't this. remember. You should remember, James. Shame should on I, you. I didn't really like the song. It, it was a song that never actually like began. It right. kept sounding like it was the beginning of a song. Is Wiz um, Khalifa? Sorry, Wiz, Wiz Khalifa. Khalifa. Okay, I rare. I, I don't. I don't like to do things on my computer typically when we're doing these, but I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Wiz Khalifa go there. Thank you. Uh, I'm really glad that I won this, kind of on accident. And then like mm-hmm. everyone's like, "Fuck, goddamn." I think it, I, I agree. I think it'd be a way more entertaining show if basically we were like instead it, if they did the opposite of what you're suggesting, Elise, which is delay it until next year, like basically s- delay it, like. If they said, all right, we're moving up the deadline. If you can't get a movie out in the next six days, <laughs> then it's not going to be in this Academy Awards. We're only going with what's happened so far. It would be the most entertaining Academy Awards of all time. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be James Marsden and uh, <laughs> Emma Roberts. And like, <laughs> like um, there would be all these very, very strange people and strange movies that came out this year. Going up against because they wouldn't have never gotten the attention that they needed. Trolls World Bird? Tour nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, Birds of Prey against oh. Onward and The mm-hmm. Gentleman and yeah, Fantasy yeah, Island. Bad Boys for Life would be in there. I'm yep, sorry. Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> um, there's, uh, there's like ten movies. The, the well, but then they remake could throw in. No one saw. They'd, 
They could throw in the on-demand stuff, too. There's been some on-demand movies that have come out. You Emma, know? Emma came out in February. Emma came out. It throw yet. it in there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, The Night Clerk. The Night Clerk. Watch that. Which throw it in. We were watching, uh, which was which was fairly good. Mm-hmm. Um, Onward. Best, Horse Girl from the Duplass Brothers. We the didn't see back. it, didn't but see I it. heard of it. Heard of uh, stuff. There's yeah, that exactly. Kumal Nanjiani movie. Where he and uh, he and his his uh, girlfriend Ray, argue the is whole it time. Ray in there? Okay. No, I don't, also, I don't, give him something for remember. Stuber while we're at it. Bloodshot. And <laughs> Diesel could win. This, yeah, that's what if that's what it was. Is it just became like a best of? Like mm-hmm. again, as I as we can always come back to this. Power Rangers has done this. Power Rangers, despite being on every single year since its conception, did do a year skip where they went back and they just did season one with new effects. That's what we should do. We should do an Academy Awards that's just a celebration of some movies from who knows how long ago. That's what we I should like do. It. I like it. Um, yeah, I didn't really have much more to discuss on this other than the fact that it's clear that it's someone bit, has a grudge out for Sonic. It's a bit of gerrymandering. Oh, for sure. To, to try to, to get these other releases in under the mm-hmm. cut. Um, I do think that there are movies that have come. I know you're you're skeptical, but like, there's stuff that's going to come out this year. I think that's going to be good and, and qualify and have merit. Mm-hmm. Tenet, Tenet sweeps because yeah. it was yeah. the only movie. They're like, and uh, the Dune trailer. Shit. I don't know. Like, I haven't watched The King of Staten Island yet, but it was really well reviewed. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. Pete it, Davidson. It makes me question the objective legitimacy of this organization, right? <laughs> if they feel like what's come so far does not meet the merit of the organization of which they represent. Mm. If they feel like the accolades. I also like in the quote where they talk about, you know, they'll have time to finish and release their films without being penalized for something beyond anyone's control. Penalized. It's not being nominated for an Oscar like a penalty. I feel like that's a bonus. I feel like penalized. Slap in the face. Yeah, they're like, the last thing we'd ever want is to leave someone out in the rain just because their movie made... $800 $800 million domestically <laughs> and we can't penalize them. Well, so they can't be in the Academy You have to Awards. think about like the Oscars during world war two where the national, you know, mood was, was markedly different. Do you have that article pulled up? Yeah. I'm just looking at this <laughs> article now, you know, uh, th- there was a lot of informalization. Mm-hmm. Um, what this was, this was more of a, uh, let me see here. To, to be fair, well, though, I guess the Oscars. Years, huh? Joan Fontaine went for suspicion. But the Oscars started in 1929. So it's it's still a pretty they, they didn't ha- it didn't have the legacy that it has now by the time World War Two happened. Mm-hmm. It still so, was less glamorized. Well, the Oscars were invented by studios because they didn't want to give anyone a raise. Right. And they 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 thought that maybe if they awarded them and they celebrated them in a different way, that then they wouldn't have to actually give them a raise. It's like employee of the month, essentially. Mm-hmm. Due to a metal shortage during World War II, Oscars were made of painted plaster for three years. Wow. I want one of those. Yeah, that's probably worth more because of what they represent. I, I mean, yeah, when, when the world's going through world-changing events, sorry, you know, Olympics mm-hmm. don't happen. Oscars mm-hmm. aren't the same. I think we all go, well, we'll have to try again next year. But I, I understand people's OCD kicks in and they go, but but the year is 2020. We can't. It's like, listen, we made up time. It doesn't exist. Well, the the Aztecs universe Aztecs will move on without us. Just they don't read care. It. <laughs> it's going to reiterate if Jim Carrey got an Oscar for his supporting actor performance in Sonic, which I thought he was great in. Mm-hmm. If he got it and mm-hmm. it was more of a career, more of a, a, a you know, a, a lap mm-hmm. in the Academy saying, mm-hmm. we respect your body of work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be all for that. All <laughs> right. for that. Why can't they just give him for his performance as Dr. Robotnik? Why do they I mean, have to clarify it? That's what I'm saying. On paper, it's for Robotnik, but in gesture, oh, it's more like of a, Scorsese. this is, this, yes, this represents your your body of work. Got it. Um, this just, is our opportunity to acknowledge it. I just want to hear Brad Pitt open the envelope and then sigh <laughs> and go, Dr. Robotnik as played <laughs> by Jim Carrey. Cut to and Jim just, Carrey and in his seat he goes, oh, me! Like very cartoonish. <laughs> well, and then I want Jim Carrey to not accept it. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't accept he it. He doesn't accept it. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. he was going to. He's go, he, Well, he goes, I can't accept this award. 
but I know someone who can. And then he takes, it's he turns butt. around and yeah, his butt his goes butt. like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's back. 90s Jim yeah. Carrey is back. Thank God. Wow. That's what was bringing him down. He just needed that award. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for it. We don't have, we don't have really the time to do it, but, uh, I wish that we had done, uh, film house, which is our Oscars, but, but what what's come out so far? Oh, we can We'd still do, do that. We can do that right. next week. Why not? We have to do our. We have to nominate what we think, think is um, available so far for think, best picture. I think I host next week, and I could easily. You're gonna that do that. All right. Great. I can't. Can, can I? Do I have to rent a tuxedo? I'll do it. That's fine. That's a great <laughs> idea. It's gonna have garbage on it. You know it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's but reference. it's okay. You get, if you get garbage on your tux, you'll be able to clean it. Just like I'm always able to clean my teeth when I get garbage on them when I use my Quip toothbrush. There's a ton going on in the world, and I'm sure that a lot of your daily routines have changed, but the last thing you want to change is the routine of your dental care. I know it sounds silly, but it's actually a very important part of your health. And the easier you make that process, the better it's gonna be, and there's no way you could make it easier than by using Quip. The best thing about Quip is that you don't even have to think about the process. Quip delivers everything you need right to your door when you need it, so you don't have to go out or go shopping or do anything like that. It's all gonna come directly to you. But the best thing about it is what it does for your teeth. 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective, and even more people forget to floss daily. But good health starts with good habits, and Quip delivers all the essential oral care things you need to brush and floss better. Quip brushes use sonic vibrations to not only give you a better clean, but also remind you every 30 seconds when it's time to change the area. The biggest problem people have when brushing their teeth is not brushing evenly, but with Quip and its system, you're never gonna miss a spot. When you pair that with Quip's anti-cavity toothpaste, which comes in mint and watermelon, whatever you're fancy, uh, you're gonna get all the ingredients your teeth actually need, and none that they don't. Quip is also eco-friendly, refillable floss with a dispenser you keep for life and expanding string that helps to clean in between. Quip brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5 each, a friendly reminder when it's time to refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. And shipping, it's free. So join over 3 million happy customers and practice good oral care easily and affordably with Quip starting at $25. Also, best of all, if you go to getquip.com film right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com film spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com film. Quip, the good habits company. So thank you, Quip, for your sponsorship. This is not the only thing we're talking about, because here's the thing. The film industry is already spooling up here in California. They've already like started to lax restrictions, and they're saying people can go back to these really crowded sets and do all these things. And Well, <laughs> no, that, I wouldn't say that. They're doing measures, and there's restrictions on the sets. Is Arnold sure. going to show up to set? I doubt it. Probably not, because he's like not. 72. He's going he's gonna to pull up and go, no, thank you, and then yeah, tweet good. about it. Good for him. Um, but... Uh, movie theaters are starting to reopen. Uh, There's a Variety article about Cinemark, the Cinemark theater chain, which I don't feel like we have a couple of around here. Yeah. We got a lot of movie chains. I always, I always think about that small town that had one. You know, and it was oh, yeah. a local I theater; mean, it wasn't even a chain. Yeah, I mean, our our local chain was Edwards, and those are only in a couple weird suburban towns. So. Never mm-hmm. heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thinking about it growing up as a kid. I had a theater chain that was just specifically for that shopping center. Mm-hmm. Is a, that that Pineville shopping center. Um, anyway, movie theaters, big, big old chains trying to get that money. They're tired of sitting around waiting. Um, and so uh, here's a quote from Variety. If a particular state or county requires face masks, we will abide by that, Cinemark CEO Mark Zorati told Variety. We will strongly encourage it. But if the county or city has not deemed it a requirement, we will not require it on top of that. Hmm. Thoughts, guys. Here, well, I guess here's the first question. Movie theaters are open. And let's say in two weeks time. You going to go check out? You going to go to the movies? Depends. Okay. Well, I mean, no, no, I mean, mean, it depends on what, like, are there only six people allowed in the theater? Um, 
do I have to wait in a giant line? Do I like how much changes, you know, like obviously mm -hmm. everything has changed where to get it into a grocery store for the longest time, it was like waiting a huge line. Now other mm -hmm. stores are opening up. Now it's like, go to Ikea, wait in a big line to get tested, mm -hmm. you go in Disney yep. world's opening up soon. Same sort of deal. If you got to go wait for three hours where you get to the film, mm -hmm. uh, probably not worth it. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know how that, I feel like you have a ticket, right? Yeah. They can already do that pre-counting. The thing about grocery stores is they don't, they can't determine who's going to show up at a certain time. So they need to mm. ration the people that get in. But theoretically they could say, we're only going to sell tickets at a one third capacity, right? Mm. So the theater is only ever going to be one third full and you're not allowed to get a seat between like more than two seats only more than two seats have to be between you and your yeah. and another group. Yeah, right? for me, it yeah. boils down to the provisions they've put in place mm -hmm. to ensure my safety and distancing mm -hmm. when I see the movie. Um, and two, uh, is this movie something that I desperately, desperately want to see mm -hmm. and isn't available um, like coincidentally on demand mm -hmm. like is it something where i'm just like i'm desperate to see it and and even like tenet i feel like is the next release that i'm pumped for but even that i'm like oh, i feel like i'd have to be really desperate and these the stars would have to align with whatever safety precautions mm -hmm. are put in place for me to go my see, but here yeah okay. if it takes you well i was gonna say if, if things are selling out so much and it's hard to get into a screening you'll probably end up doing what i end up doing is i go i'll wait a month or two before they release it on digital because things come out so quickly anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think also like we've just been conditioning ourselves for the last three months mentally in such a way that it's going to feel really, really weird to be in a room with strangers like that. Here's my thing. I feel like we already have the CEO saying, you know, we'll, we'll encourage people to wear masks, but you know, we're not going to enforce it. That means that even where it has to be enforced, it will not be enforced because they can't keep people from bringing their f fucking phones out and oh, yeah. and playing playing Peggle for the entire length of a of a movie. <laughs> um, so how do I how am I supposed to assume that they're going to make sure the person is sanitary yeah. in their actions? You know, I, I mean, you you could change the movie theater experience to be almost a Willy Wonka esque get you know you have to get the golden ticket to get in to get mm -hmm. tenant and get it this time and some fucker will still whip out their phone yep as yep. soon as people start talking and loud yep. noises aren't happening well I, it's this will also be a, a service that has been not allowed right so it's something that we haven't even as a society been able to do it was saying no you can't you can movie theaters are closed you can't go to movie theaters so it's been restricted the day it opens Someone is going to go into that theater and get another fucking phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the thing is, though, even the, it, it, they're, they're so excited to, to get basis. back at it, right? Like, I, I'm just saying, with so few people in the like, I want to just like basically, hey everyone, my name's Adam. Uh, what's mm -hmm. your name? So when I see your face light up, mm -hmm. and I'm sitting two rows behind you, I can say, hey Rick, turn off your fucking phone, and then he'll go, mm -hmm. oh shit, sorry, dude. Or Can he'll go, say... what, what? And then we'll fight and then we miss mm -hmm. Tenet. And I'm just upset. Mm -hmm. Just talking about it is making me angry. You know, yeah, you think down, about sorry. the things that you miss in quarantine. And one of the things I have definitely felt has been lacking is Adam being upset about his movie going experience. Yeah, I miss this kind of ire mm -hmm. and it's, rage. It's been, look, it's been great. The content's been mediocre. Uh, it's been a lot of Netflix and TV shows. Um, some of it good. Some of it, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of documentaries and stuff. But uh that, that's that's the that's the wild ride. That's riding the lightning right there, right? That's that's the coin flip that I, I sort of live for where I'm gonna enjoy this film in a movie theater the way it was meant to be seen. Is someone gonna ruin it? Probably. But then when I they don't, it. I always feel so great about it. Love mm -hmm. it. Yeah. That's, that's this is my big concern. I wanna get you back in that theater, buddy. I love I going to, I love going <laughs> to movies and it's something that I genuinely yeah. do miss. I I've managed I will say I've managed. I don't know that since all this has happened, we've watched something. And then when it ended, I leapt out of our, out of the chair and threw my glass on the ground and said, why didn't I see this on a bigger, louder screen? Like, <laughs> right. I don't like I do appreciate that some movies should be viewed in better conditions 
And a lot of times you will see a movie in theaters and then eventually you'll watch it again afterwards at home and you go, this just wasn't the same. I acknowledge that there's 100% a difference. But with the removal of the option to go to a theater, I haven't felt like my life has been mortally impacted in any anything anything remotely close to that. So Yeah, I feel bad for like if there's a movie that's gone to on demand uh, and will go on demand concurrent to it being released uh, limited in theaters. I feel bad for anybody that really worked on it and was really looking forward to being able to tell their friends and family to go see it in theaters and themselves seeing it in a, in a big theater. Like that must be pretty disheartening, disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the people that work on it, like obviously the industry, I want the industry to get started again because I know, I know personally a lot of people who are like, I need, I lost my job. I need to do that. So, you know, and working in LA, it's a big part of our economy. I want that industry to get started back up again. But I am concerned. I, I just, it's one of those things where film chain owners don't have the best reputation yeah. of making sure that the, individual experience is the best yeah and it's like how much do you want to see tenant do you you know is that the cost of grandma croaking mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously yeah that's uh, i mean to put it crudely to put it crudely as i did um and then there's also the whole other factor of how going to see a movie isn't just generally going to see a movie it's generally getting food oh yeah eating. and if you are going somewhere and you're wearing a face mask for two hours mm-hmm. yeah yeah Jeez. It, yeah, I mean, going the act of getting up and going somewhere is already like just the thought of that is sort of stressing me out. But with all the extra things in place, yeah, where I'm wearing like a garbage bag over my body, especially being in this theater that someone was sitting in before me, potentially mm-hmm. it's I don't know. They're like, I, I kind of hope like maybe this is where we do start to test where can we put bigger movies out there? And yeah, maybe you charge twice as much for a digital release like you put tenant out and it costs forty dollars to rent it you know it's basically what a movie would cost and that's how they recoup what they would have you know what they're potentially losing but without you know not yeah i'm gonna miss out on the theater experience but to be able to watch that movie from my home is pretty enticing i don't i don't know if people would be willing to do that but if it's gonna end up costing about the same regardless why not yeah right Right now, it seems like the base rental fee, if you're going to download something that's new to it's, it's like premium films that would have been in theaters is $20, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, I would pay like $30 to watch Tenet at home. Um, something that I saw when I was kind of reading through this information about theaters reopening was that a lot of these theaters are doing sort of these these nostalgic comfort screenings right now to get people back in theaters. So they're showing movies like Ghostbusters and Goonies and stuff try mm-hmm. to ease people back in mm-hmm. as we get on the road to these big temple theatrical releases. And that to me is also wild too, because you're like, you're compromising and risking your health to go see Goonies. That's not a knock on Goonies. It's just saying like, it's a no, movie that's I, been out for could, yeah. 30 years. And you can get watch yeah. it right now. Um, yeah. I just, and, I, 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 you know. I just, I wonder if how much is, I mean, it, all of it, all of it's being driven by money. Right. So mm-hmm. they're saying like, we need to get people in the theater yeah, because we make more money from that. So it's money that's and why people's I, livelihoods. Yeah. And I, I get there's the risk. I, I'm guessing the risk is if we release a movie digitally and like a fair price is, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, something like that. But then you go, well, what if you have all your friends over, which you shouldn't be doing anyway, but say mm-hmm. it's like, you and a loved one, so anytime Jess and I want to go see a movie, we both have to buy a ticket. But if we just rent a movie at home, that's just us. So, you know, th- there was this technology. Uh, I think it was a Sony patent, maybe Xbox. But the idea was if you wanted to rent a movie, it would scan how many people are in the room. No. And nice. if you didn't pay, yeah, if you didn't pay like a pay-per-view for those people, it'd be like, sorry, Bill has to go home because he didn't wow. pay or something like Bill that. Just, Bill so, just moves into the bedroom and then you set up a mirror so that way Bill can watch the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, imagine people it's dressing up like mirrors. plants. Watching, mm-hmm. <laughs> like trying to watch UFC, you know, <laughs> two fifty six or whatever. Yeah, life uh, finds a way <laughs> to not pay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it's interesting. I the, all of this makes me lament the downfall of drive in theaters 
Um, are you looking at a drive-in theater? Right I am. Now? I'm looking at a drive-in theater. Uh, uh, like, I, was, I was just curious because I noticed that like the drive-in theaters are still showing the same movies that came out. Yeah, four months ago. Yeah, because nothing's come out. Honestly, because well, nothing but, has been released. Yeah, but why not do the comfort screenings? Like, yeah. Elise was saying, I'd rather go to the the drive-in theater and see Ghostbusters or something like that. Exactly. Instead of, instead of uh, yeah, well, uh, Knives Out again. I wonder. I wonder if that's pressure from distributors because they're like, you got to show these movies that are new and in theaters. Because yeah. these well, I mean, I think, some I think, yeah, I was gonna say licensing those movies. It's not like they can just go buy a Blu-ray and then say we're gonna show Ghostbusters. Licensing that for a screening, they they might not, it might they yeah. might not have a deal in place that allows them to just do that. So they can only pull from certain movies. I mean, we know just from doing like Rooster Teeth theater modes, what the complex yeah. weave that web of mm-hmm. lies that is licensing, and then it's well, like, those movies wait, are so shit. you're telling? I say you're telling me the only thing I can get is something that someone left in a dumpster behind <laughs> a Wendy's, and it's like, so how, how does that make sense? Yeah. Sorry, it's a, and it's yeah, twenty five thousand dollars. These are interesting times. <laughs> interesting times. It is. It is definitely interesting times. I'm. I'm curious to see. I wish. I wish drive-ins. We just. Start, I wish people were just like we're doing drive-ins again. Because I, I do think those can be really fun. Demolish um, all theaters, make them drive-ins. Yeah, so much space. Um, but I can't imagine. It's the same with the gym. It's I love going to the gym and I love going to the movies. But honestly, right now and for the foreseeable future, until I know that my doing so is not going to potentially cause harm to others, I will not be going to uh, probably either. Brave, bold. It's mm-hmm. not for it's not for it's not necessarily for me. It's just because it just doesn't seem worth it. We've, I think we'll give you the key to the city, James. Thank or, you very uh, much. Well, yes. I don't want you to give me the key to the city. I just want you to make sure that I look my best. And I mean that above the waist and below the waist. Cuz I uh this episode sponsored by Manscaped. Listen up, viewers, because today we have a brand new Manscaped product alert. I'm afraid to say we're not going to be talking about everything below the waist. In fact, we're going to talk about some other places. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see some hairs sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as everything down there. Listen, I think I do a pretty good job handling the hair that comes out of my holes. Um, But every once in a while... I have Elise and she will say, hey, you got a long hair coming out of your ear or you got a long hair coming out of your nose. And it's just something I didn't notice because I look at myself every single day. Luckily for me, with Manscaped, I can clean all that up super easy. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, skags and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered by 360 degree rotating dual blade systems. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes it easy for operating and cleaning. It's the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. I don't know how large your nose or ears would have to be for that to be the case, but it ensures that you're not going to have to recharge every single day and you're always going to have it when you need it. Have you ever pulled the nose hair out with your fingers? That might hurt a lot worse than trimming down there. So Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. But what about when my blades wear out? Manscaped will get you a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Listen up. 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Okay. You're turning people off with your nose hairs. It's disgusting. And it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code FILMHOUSE20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped, it's going to take, they take care of you. They took care of you down there. Now they're taking care of you up here. So here's what you should do. If you want to get 20% off and free shipping with code FILMHOUSE20, go to manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FILMHOUSE20. There's really nothing to wait for. Go whack your weeds. Thank you, Manscaped, for your sponsorship. Uh, so, I again, I knew these news. These, they're nothing to the news. So I knew that those newsters were going to take the whole time. So I said, you know what? Topic out of the middle of nowhere. Do you guys want to just talk about your favorite movie villains? Yeah, I do. Yes. Favorite movie villains? 
Did you guys make a list? When I was thinking of it, I was like, oh, everyone come with one or two. And then Elise was like, I have 25. No, I don't. Yeah. I just favorite, have a few to be prepared <laughs> Favorite for villains here. Okay, I know that you also both think that that snooty rich kid from Little Rascals is a little shit too. <laughs> I haven't, you guys keep talking about Little Rascals, the movie, like it's relevant. Nothing's happened. It's relevant to Adam and I. Yeah, just I, because you guys uh, keep bringing it up. No one else in the world is thinking about Little Rascals, and it, no one has thought about Little Rascals. It only came, it came up because we played a game called Rascal Fights, and I kept trying not to say Little Rascals. That's it. Okay. Well. That's what. But, right. I mean, I'm, I'm with Elise. I'm happy to talk about the movie. It's not good, and I don't remember this villain. I saw it once as a kid, and I remember being just kind of okay with it. Type to him that we—he's a Hold robot. On. We got a right. timeout All here because right. you're gotta, a robot. We got a timeout. You went full robot, and I don't know if it's us or you. Oh, you guys are going robot too. Oh, now you're not a robot. Now no, I back. know. This is fucking Discord. We need to find something new. I don't think that we are going to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be honest with you, okay, I don't know you're, how. You're okay now. I don't know how we can. <laughs> we're so mumble. We switched to mumble. The the one where we find lovers. All right. Um. So yeah. So villains. Yeah, so so, so uh, how many how many did you bring to this discussion, Adam? Because I just need want to figure out how we're gonna talk about uh, this. I mean, I I have my top three. Uh, the problem okay. was I preemptively made a thumbnail for this episode that had mm-hmm. the Joker, Pennywise, and Darth Vader on there because Joker's I feel like on my list. I feel like those are top contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but what wouldn't get people's attention on the thumbnail? Mm-hmm. Were uh, my my I I might throw Joker on there, but I was thinking Hans Landa. Landa sorry, from, oh, I, uh, I have. Yeah, Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Wow, I have him on my list too. List. Uh, I had a Nor- different Hans. Oh, okay, and then I had Norman Stansfield from The Professional. Hmm. And then I can I can maybe go with, go with Joker, but um, I knew those wouldn't catch any eyes. But I just wanted to explain myself what how the how the, the marketing process works on, mm-hmm. on Filmhouse here. We put uh, the card in front of the horse. No one's gonna no one's gonna click for I mean, Let's maybe for Joker. They, well, you haven't heard yeah. mine. You haven't heard mine. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, mean think... I can I can maybe change the thought. I, I don't know. I went through a huge list. I went through hundreds of them and I'm like, these mm-hmm. are my top three. I can't put them on here because it's not gonna fly. But anyway, mm-hmm. sorry, those are mine. Well, okay, so Hans Landa. You guys both Hans have Hans Because he's great. I mean, he he is Icy yeah. in, in his terror. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. And he he uh, a smile with such menace in eyes that is mm-hmm. that is this is a haiku that I'm writing also, by the okay, way. Yeah. Um, which is just like bone chilling. <laughs> just like bone chilling. Bone chilling. And I mean the way the way that, that Quentin Tarantino frames the uh just the inhumanity mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of uh, the, the Nazism his Nazism and uh genocide in that movie is ter- he's terrifying well he's yeah. like he's like a machine built for doing that and i don't think anyone has t1000 on their list though i considered it but it, t1000 is a machine built to counteract the strengths of the protagonist like almost directly built to counteract that and not that it's necessarily a counteracting of the strengths of the protagonist in inglorious bastards but hans landa is like built he's the perfect version of that holocaust industrial machine right mm-hmm. like he's the human embodiment of that evil yeah and the, so i think that's why it's so good th- there's a more realistic version which i i didn't want to th- there's the uh the character Schindler's that Liz? yeah uh R- ray ray fines played a character named among golf Guth or whatever who is a real person yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played it so well that one of the Holocaust survivors saw him and like kind of had PTSD mm-hmm. seeing, you know, basically surviving his wrath. And yeah. he was just such a piece of shit monster. And he played it so well that it's like scary. But I, I, pref- I like Hans Landa, Landa, sorry, I keep fucking his name. Um, only because of almost how cartoonish he is, but also grounded in a way that he's, it hit you. You're scared of him in a weird mm-hmm. way. It, 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 I think it just works better for me as a film villain, like him well, whipping out the giant pipe just to one up the French farmer is such a perfect well, scene. The, the fact that he goes from being comically over the top that you're giggling at him to just being 
terrifying Mm -hmm. in the next instance is like such a mark of how good he is. He it's 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 I think it's a great thing because he's he's fun to watch. Like, I think that's the major difference. The Ray Fiennes' character is just... Oh, yeah. He's, he's just, just excruciating. He's scary. Yeah. Not to yeah. say that he isn't compelling, but he's scary. But there's nothing fun no. about him. <laughs> right? No. Like, I mean, there's nothing really fun about that whole movie. But... And so tonally, they're very different. But Christoph Waltz just makes his character so fun. So mm-hmm. you almost, like... You it, never root for him, it, but you're getting well, into the scene and you're thinking, like... It lulls like, you into a false sense of security, yeah, almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Which, you think you're going to get out of it okay, like, or yeah. maybe he's he couldn't possibly be capable of what you think he is. Yes, because the monstrosities at, that he's. I think doing. he's a, he's a lot like the Joker, honestly. Like I, he's a lot like. I, yeah. I think the Joker is on everyone's list, right? Not on mine, but oh, okay. Yeah. But Jared Leto Joker was on yours. Yeah, Jared Leto, just had. the perfect Joker villain mm-hmm. because you know he tells what you what he's exactly. Thinking. I I don't mm-hmm. like the confusion. Mm-hmm. Of the Nolan movies, I don't know where he's going. I need it. <laughs> I need it ta- literally tattooed to tell mm-hmm. me what his plans are, which he does. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know the tattoo damaged refers to his teeth? This is uh, what people are I'm saying. Gonna, I'm going to disagree with uh, you guys here. I think the the ambiguity and how nebulous the the Heath Ledger Joker is with his history mm-hmm. and what he's going to do and where his head's at. That, mm-hmm. That's great. I know you think that the Jared Leto Joker being straightforward is the way to go. Yeah. I feel differently. I think that Heath Ledger. Okay. I mean, that's your opinion. The Nolan Joker did. I, the problem with the Heath Ledger Joker is I watch him and I don't, I, I like go, oh, is he damaged? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he's got some scars, but what does it mean? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Lacey's one of the best movie villains. I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest comic book villains. And then I, I, always go back to the part what i love about joker is that he is a he's almost a manifestation he it's almost as if the city birthed him because it is an answer to batman and they sort of allude to that but then the fact that they don't do any backstory anything like that and then he just disappears i know that that played into obviously heath ledger's untimely death but it just it made that character that much more special Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just like it's gonna be a long time before you top that level of a Joker Batman interaction. Yeah. I think like the only realm that has, has any feet to stand on is maybe like some of the animated Mm. adaptations could do a Joker that, you know, rivals or, or can hold its own against that. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there've been great Jokers and there will continue to be great Jokers, but I think just the way they, they, they made the Joker that much in his own, you know, encapsulate a little small bottled story. It just is in all the tragedy that surrounds it just makes it that much more special. Mm-hmm. I had one on my list that uh, I'll just talk about briefly. And I, cause I don't know if both of you have seen the movie. I think you have, but like Miranda Priestly from devil wears Prada, uh, never Meryl Streep's never seen it. Mm-mm. Okay. I'll just say it. Mer- it's, you know, Meryl Streep and it, the character is based on Anna Wintour, who is apparently just a terror to her staff. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely that like, that horror of a boss mm-hmm. where it's just this, this person is just a nightmare to work for. And man, Meryl Streep, you're watching it and you're like, you're scared watching this woman mm-hmm. and thinking like, as Meryl Streep is glaring at Anne Hathaway, you feel like she's glaring at you. <laughs> uh, one that you do know that I'll mention is, um, principal Vernon breakfast club. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh Yeah. It, I'm, well, I'm kind of on of, his side most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that he he kind of epitomizes you know, every like educator teacher he, that's mm-hmm. not the the most constructive of of the, those people in their field. He's the perfect adult antagonist. Yeah. Right. To Where teens. he's like like there is no acceptable level of youthful liveliness here. Yeah. He right? seems to have no empathy. Yeah. for these kids in any way. And he doesn't even, he doesn't even, it's not even like he picks sides. So you got the brain right in there. You got the nerd. And even, but even for him, the nerd, like, I can't tolerate you. I can't tolerate you. He just seems like he hates young people, which is, I think, why he's so good in that. Kind of like Adam, though, as when you watch, th- that movie's so good that if you're probably watching it at age 13... You're like, I don't understand what are these what are these cliques. This doesn't make sense anymore. But then after that, when you understand it's a movie from the eighties, then uh all then the you cliches go, cliches make yeah. sense. Yeah. Then then you're like, then you're oh, okay. And you identify with them, you're like, God, this guy's such a stickler. Why is he being such an asshole? But as an adult, and as 
probably by design of the movie, you're watching it and you're going like, if they would just shut up, if Judd Nelson would just stay in his chair, he wouldn't have to do detention every single week. Right. Just write your paper, sit there. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's a time capsule of the, the 80s of like, no, man, you can't tell me what to do. And it's like, come on, man, you want to do better with your life, right? Like, no, I want to bang the cheerleader. Like, fine, that's where you want to peak. Go for it, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's no hope for you. So I have an honorable mention, Frank Booth from Blue Velvet, Dennis Hopper's character. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's, it's, it's a realistic sort of frightening of it's just a small town and every small town has sort of a dark side and he represents that. And mm-hmm. a lot of it just feels, I don't know, hits a little too close to home sometimes. It's mm-hmm. just kind of well, being like the, the sort of aimless kid and then having all the creepy adults around you. It, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely well, struck a nerve. Also his, his whole thing is so like, he's scary, but he's also so pathetic. And weird. too like that almost makes it worth worse because he's like mommy mommy like like yeah but he's unhinged which is like yeah you know, th- that person where you're like they could hug me or they could stab me i don't know what's gonna happen yeah like that whole thing's taking place and you're just saying to kyle mclaughlin like just come out of the closet just kick him in the back of the head and then it's <laughs> over man but he's in there and i'm like but i don't know if i'd want to i don't know where that head's been uh yeah that's that's definitely a good honorable mention I've got I've got a Hans if we're ready for another Hans. Yeah. Lots of Germans on this list. No surprises there. Hans Gruber. Oh, Potter. Yeah, that's my Potter. favorite line from the movie. <laughs> uh, I like Hans Gruber a lot. Um, he's such a perfect 80s bad guy, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, I just think he's very cool and callous and... I feel like maybe one of the last times we got the leader of a terrorist organization that's like that. Like, I mean, honestly, it's it's Hans Gruber and then it's Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. <laughs> or like, the, or like the last two times we got these, oh, the leader of this organization is this hyper intelligent, seemingly com- like it's one of those things where when he's talking, you're like, maybe he's fighting for something good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe, maybe he does. Like, he's trying to free prisoners, I believe from a prison somewhere and then also mm-hmm. steal a bunch of money. But like, uh, it's just, it is interesting how cool and collected he is. And then when you compare that with him, when he's bantering back and forth with John McClane on the radio, it's just like really fun to listen to them because both of them, are so cool with each other. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, I always appreciate a movie where it's jumping back and forth from the protagonist and the antagonist, and you never feel like one scene lags behind the other. I think a lot of that is because of Hans, Hans Gruber. I, I think it, it's great. He's a great villain, but his brother, I think, steals the show. <laughs> and uh, Die Hard 3, Jeremy Irons, uh-huh. always great yeah. in everything he's yep. in. I'm just saying and you can't have Hans he, without his brother. I forget his name. <laughs> uh, I, th- I do think that he is a good villain and died with vengeance, except the ending is really lame where he's like, I'll get you John McClane power lines. I got another one for you. Uh, yeah. This one's a, a it's a two parter, but it's Ivan Drago slash Russia. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Huh. As represented in Rocky IV. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Ivan Drago clearly is a weapon of the state. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he's saying things like, I will break you. Mm-hmm. He, he kills Apollo in the ring. Like, they, they, you know, they can't they can't uh, kind of personify this guy as the the way that they're they're villainizing Russia at the time enough. And, and also, like, it's at the height of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Um but the and and the you know Rocky goes to Russia and he's he's under surveillance and the people are not friendly to him. But the best part about this movie villain is the turn that happens, mm-hmm. you know, in the final fight where uh, you know Drago won't let himself be a slave to his political overlords anymore, and the people in the stadium who once booed Rocky mm-hmm. turn on you know he wins over Russia mm-hmm. <laughs> and that I think I think that's wonderful yeah I think when, that's when, great when the the great leader just goes communism is dead yes, yeah. yes it I, wasn't worth it yeah Gorbachev mm-hmm. just like tears up the man, manifesto communist manifesto mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah he he calls lights, lights um, Lenin's body on fire mm-hmm. yeah he calls he calls Bush and goes we give up it's yours <laughs> or no I guess yeah. it would have been Reagan at the time 
but either way. Yeah. But just the, the visual of Ivan Drago, this tank, and especially mm-hmm. him in the, you watch the beginning with Apollo and you can't help but cry every I, time. He runs I, up a treadmill vertically, so. I, I actually, I love what they ended up doing with him in Creed 2, which just yeah. makes it, makes him such a tragic character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I don't know, like you're you're kind of rooting for him and his son and you're like, oh, I, I hope they, they, it's like, it's their fault, Russia. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. fell. yeah, it's yeah. uh, so sad. He's just like, I just want your mom back, she'll love me again. Mm-hmm. Oh man, but yeah, um, I've got one, um, and I think, I think underrated, underrated villain, but Biff from Back to the Future. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, Biff, he, I think great. Biff is, is really good because he is. He's he's you know, what a 16, 17 year old boy, but he's also pretty evil. Like and then also, also the range though that he has from teenager, old man, old Western mm-hmm. grandfather. Like yep, yeah. Well, I, like even when he casino owner, like it, <laughs> I do think that he he's a pretty good representation of every single decades like appropriate decades terrible person, mm-hmm. right? Like there's this bully, uh, bull, every like the, bully, the high yeah. school bully, right? And he's such an asshole. And then there's the capitalist uh development you know a uh, real estate developer will do anything for money just utterly grotesque but he's, has like a ri- like has is rich has a beautiful yeah. wife and so like he's, it's, he's about five shades more evil than what's his face in goofy movie uh matt no no um the like the, the dad's like friend yeah, yeah. that's not his, oh like pete what's the dad's pete, pete yeah yes. yeah pete's yeah, not really pete's, a villain He's just an no, asshole. Pete's lovable. Pete's, an, Pete's an that's asshole. That's what I'm saying. Is Biff yeah. is Biff is about five shades eviler. Yeah. On that. On that. They're on the same spectrum. Pete owns like, Pete owns yeah. two or three well, dealerships where yeah. this guy owns an entire like block of casinos in yeah. Atlantic City. Well, Biff is great because he he is a like Robert Frost's wet dream where just by one thing changing his life he either becomes a real <laughs> estate uh, casino owning creep who like ruins a town or he's just a nice guy who washes cars like mm-hmm. depending on yeah. whether he got his ass kicked or not like yes yeah. he's such no, an extreme know character i still don't know how nice he is at the end of back to the future one he still seems pretty connive like it, it feel like the first opportunity he would turn his back on the mcflies maybe and he's and just do waiting for that he he's just waiting for it i don't i don't think that he changes all that much but i do think he's it's pretty amazing how you can see how someone could be just the perfect villain for the appropriate decade, you know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, for multiple films. Adam, you got anything else? I got a couple. I mean, I mentioned Norman Stansfield from Leon, the professional, the, you know, mm-hmm. qu- quintessential corrupt cop, but Gary Oldman friggin' steals that movie. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you watch it. I mean, you definitely watch it more for him than Jean Reno. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just, I mean, obviously, same same with his character Zod. Basically, anytime Gary Oldman plays a villain, it's it's always magical. Um, but also, I, I did want to mention Calvin Candy from uh, Django on Chain. Oh, uh, yeah. Just Leonardo DiCaprio playing a villain, finally, and a freaking messed up one. Um, just, it, just like th- that sort of realistic scary character is, I guess, what I'm kind of going for. Like, kind of with those two characters is... Like you mm-hmm. could, you can sort of realistically feel them in the room in a way, and just and then also when they both those characters are sort of like uh, like like cats or like wolves, where they just they pick up on the smallest subtle subtlety and they hone in on it and, and, they, prey and like on you, it. yeah, and you as the audience are just in your seat squirming like no 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 don't say that thing and then or don't move and you know like all those, they have those moments that I don't, you know, if you haven't seen the movies, I don't want to spoil them for too many poop, too many people, yeah. people don't spoil uh, them for people. Yeah. Those are definitely two great, great villains played by two great actors. Uh, Elise, what else do you have on your list there? Uh, I have Hannibal Lecter. Never heard of him. Okay. Next one. I have Bill <laughs> the Butcher. Which one though? Which one? Oh, Bill the Butcher. Oh, oh, great villain. Uh, Bill the Butcher. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. Bill the Butcher, um, super menacing, threatening. I, it's a shame that that he's wrapped in that movie, but I was gonna say, you know, he's one of the things. Like, I honestly think 
people don't really talk that much about Gangs of New York, but I think no one would talk about Gangs of New York ever. It would have been a movie that disappeared if it wasn't for yeah. Bill the Butcher and yeah. Daniel and, and John C. Riley. Yeah, I love John C. Riley. John C. Riley, uh, Cameron um, Diaz, I, just doing her best. Trying to get everyone's, that one. you know, everyone's trying. That's when Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio was like, "Man, I can't believe I'm working with Scorsese," not realizing that he was going to be doing way more, way more compelling things with him after mm-hmm. that film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he's great. Um, I want to throw out uh, Thanos for talking the about the big daddy villain. The big daddy villain. I know he's he's young in the grand scheme of some of these movies we're talking about, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll be damned if. Uh, Infinity War doesn't succeed because it's a movie about him. Like, yeah, I think yeah. that's the most compelling thing about the movie is that it's his story in a Love lot of ways. Love Thanos' motivation. Love the motivation behind Thanos. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Well, you you identify him. I always think that's the best thing, too, is, is if you just say, oh, he's evil and he wants to destroy the planet, that's lame. Yeah. When you yeah, go, why does he want to destroy the planet? And then he gives a reason, and you may not agree with that reason, but... You understand compelling motivation. You understand mm-hmm. yeah. it's compelled, and and it makes it way better. And I also just think he he's pretty charismatic. I mean, the special effects help a lot, but his performance is very subdued, mm-hmm. and uh, he's powerful. I don't know. He's I think he's so fun to it's watch. Straight up purple zaddy. Yeah, and nah. and considering <laughs> that's like essentially his origin film. Like you think about how they've done all the other Avengers movies and stuff. Yeah. And you're like, ah, I hope they don't. The honestly, the worst part of Infin- Infinity War is when they're like, now well, let's check in on Vision and Scarlet Witch. Like mm-hmm. that's the only part, and it's about four minutes there. That you know, you're just glad again, you know, that every scene you go to, whether it's the villain or the good guy, like is compelling. Yeah, which is crazy that's too, impressive. and it it speaks in volumes how great the writing staff is for the Marvel movies when. Thanos's drive in the comics, what they were, you know, originally driving from, was like he loves death. And I'm like, well, I guess mm-hmm. that's a. I don't know if audiences are going to really, you know, sink their teeth into that one. But the whole mm-hmm. making it more relevant of like we're running out of resources, which is I think I think people can identify with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Thanos I think fails in comparison to someone who spent their life being told that they would bring balance, mm-hmm. that they would re- restore the order. Mm-hmm. You're referring to referring to Anakin Skywalker. Oh, I thought you were no. talking about the An- Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Anakin or yeah. Darth Vader? What are you, which one are you talking about? I'm going to say Darth one. Vader. <laughs> I, <laughs> was, I, was, I was just being silly. Yeah, yeah. Darth Vader. Yeah, because he's only evil. Anakin's only evil for about 25 minutes, maybe 30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And his motivation. He kills the younglings. He kills the younglings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he goes. He goes. I'm trying to save you, Padme. And she goes. Then why are you killing me? He goes. Shut up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you love Obi-Wan. When was that a problem? He's as asexual as they get. Yeah. I well, I would I would say that Darth Vader is a really cool choice because, you know, we've talked about all these villains that we think are really great because of how much the movie gives you to to like understand them and see where they're coming from. But Darth Vader is pretty shrouded in mystery for like now, everyone knows now what yeah. it is. But at the time, if you just watched A New Hope, you would be like, who is this? He's just scary and cool yeah. and powerful, you know? Leather um, daddy. So yeah. that's some <laughs> great design and great performance to make sure that you can win over an audience with well, just that, the, right? Even, even to this day, if you go from A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back, back to back, he gets more evil, which is... Like he's so driven by taking mm-hmm. that L that mm-hmm. when he's just like, nope, we're going to the asteroid field. And this guy's like, sorry, we lost him. I'm going to choke you from space. And he's just, he goes through about <laughs> five or six new generals. It's, mm-hmm. he's just unnerving. Like it, it's, it's sort of, and then the big reveal, obviously at the end. And it's just, it's all, it's just the whole movie's a giant gut punch. And Vader is almost, he's just this force that is, yeah. It's almost they're like, okay, he's like, we're we're not pulling any more punches. Now you're gonna see big bad Vader. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. I not to not to take a big dump on the new trilogy or anything like that, but like I think that is one of the major things you can see is the flaw is that like Kylo Ren isn't scary. 
which isn't to say that Adam Driver didn't try his damnedest through his performance to make him scary. I just don't think he's written to be scary uh, because they so much want him to be like. Yes, that's by Le- design, I think. Less yeah. is more. Way way less is way more, especially with a character. Like, when you come out with it saying, my grandpa's Darth Vader, you go, well, I'm already, the, the mystery's been solved. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. it. Um, I have one more on my list that I think is a pretty great testament to what a great villain could be, and that's Tyler Durden. Oh, Um, because Tyler Durden is, you know, exactly, he is the antithesis of the main character, yet they are also the main character. And it is like you're, you, I mean, it's when you first watch Fight Club, you are swept up by him and like the world he takes you into. You're like, God, this is cool. He's not presented as a villain. You know, and it's a traditional sense. Yeah, no, but you know, there's, you know, there's something wrong. Like what he's suggesting doesn't seem right. But because it's suggested by him, you're like, maybe it's we should. It's wrapped in charisma. Yeah. It's, it's wrapped mm-hmm. in a cult of personality. Oh, this for guy. sure. Like, yeah. he, maybe there is something to this whole, like, pushing a priest down and spraying him with a hose thing. <laughs> like, like, you know it's bad and you know you right. shouldn't do it. But he's just so cool that, like, maybe he is right. And it, it, I think that also is why that movie had this legacy of, like, people like, Project Mayhem. It's like, no, you missed the, he's the bad guy. You missed the mm-hmm. point. Which is that he's the bad guy. Can't hear you going yeah, to Fight so, Club. Sorry. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It's not a good idea. It just seems like a good idea because he's such a good villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll do Adam, my, do last, last? my last mention. No. I, actually, I, I'm going to just... It, it's on the thumbnail, so let's do it. Pennywise, I'm throwing mm-hmm. out there. If we're going supernatural, what I like about Pennywise is he's the embodiment of fear. And so... <gasps> His his reason to scare you is that he feeds off of it, and I think that's mm-hmm. a very that's a smart trope to build upon. When like there's so many movies where I've seen modern horror movies where the ghost just sort of corners someone in a room and then the door opens, they disappear. It's like what was the ghosts like? I don't mm-hmm. understand. What were they trying Intent. to do? Yeah, yeah I, I mean it's like you're just making the editor's job easier. That's all it really is. But like Pennywise from a logistical standpoint actually makes sense because he's feeding off of this thing mm-hmm. and that he is this weird kind of alien creature. And like, he doesn't even really understand what he is and it, it works well um, as in a, in a book form. But then especially in the first movie, I thought uh, that Skarsgård took a, uh, you know, took something that I think was beloved uh, from a lot of people from the Tim Curry perspective and definitely gave it a nice facelift. And he made mm-hmm. one of the most iconic villains of like, I think of the last 10 years mm-hmm. for sure. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think I like two amazing performances and different performances of said same villain, mm-hmm. an accomplishment, a triumph, a triumph indeed. <laughs> um, Deserving of the thumbnail, I'd say. And he's just there. scary. And, and, and just like in terms of like the way that he's been designed um, and described is incredible. The, the tie to, to, his origins of, or not, not origins necessarily, but when he originates every 27 years is such a cool aspect to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like gives such great nuance to, to that, the, the fear aspect and, and his ties to dairy and everything is so cool. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, great. I, I'm now that time has passed and like, I, I feel like they could have done more with the second movie and only because I, I mean, like, I feel like nothing is really sacred with it because everyone's like, yeah, second half isn't as great and it gets weird anyway. So it's like that was more of a chance for them to do whatever they wanted. And they tried to recreate too much of the first movie by like, we'll do the same yeah. structure of like, we'll scare them. But it doesn't mm-hmm. really ultimately lead to anything mm-hmm. um, that I, I but I, I, we still have that first half. And mm-hmm. that I think is still going to be special and it's still really well done. Mm-hmm. I think so. A villain that I sort of associate on in that, in that same level as Pennywise that I used to really love when I was younger is Freddy Krueger, too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is sort of like it's this half real, half sort of supernatural ca- character. Freddy's backstory is is great. You know, the the son of a thousand maniacs or whatever and mm-hmm. his mother being a nun. And then, of course, like mm-hmm. his what, you know, the, his reputation, what he did with the kids and mm-hmm. then the 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 na- the people in the neighborhood seeking their vigilante justice on him and everything it's it's really interesting origin story and then the, the inescapable nature of him and how creepy Robert England always was mm-hmm. with him I love love Freddy Krueger Freddy Krueger uh, or not Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors 
fantastic film. Well, now you're just talking Love about it. whatever you want to talk Love it. about. <laughs> I think that, well, we covered, I think we covered a lot of ground. There's obviously so many villains. I have thought about doing another one of our bracketed wow. great, great movie debates to figure out who the perfect movie villain is. But I think that's a discussion for another time, 100%. Um, and if if you guys have any villains that you think that we missed, uh, let us know down in the comments. Um, there's so many great villains out there, so many great movies out there. Dr. Robotnik failed to make the list, just like mm. he'll fail to win an Academy Award. But we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you guys watching. Um, be sure to check out uh, our sponsors, Quip and Manscaped, if you got the chance. Tell us your villains in the comments below. I already said that. And... Uh, <laughs> And so we what do we say we're doing next week? We're doing the oh, Academy Awards. We're doing our Academy Awards. If yeah. you want to do the the if the Academy Awards happen today. The first half of 2020 Academy Awards. If you guys want to do those nominations, I can set it up. We can set it up. So come back next week, check us out. Can um, can can one of us do the opening monologue, Ricky Gervais style, where we just we just don't care and we get drunk? Like, he normally does the Golden Globes, doesn't he? I don't, I don't think he they, they're all the same the thing to me. I don't know. I don't know. The Oscars either. don't have a host anymore. Yeah, they just you have the the orchestra. The guy who runs the orchestra is in charge. Um, we'll dig someone. But uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you next time with another episode of Filmhouse. Bye, everybody. Bye.